This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This week in the Transformational Tidbits segment, I'll be sharing insights into how comparing ourselves to others keeps us stuck in a mindset of limitation. That's coming up later. First up is the Lead Without Limits featured guest interview. We are going to talk to Eleni Otalanaga about finding your leadership mojo. Before I get into any formal introduction of her qualifications, on a personal level, I really feel Eleni is one of the most powerful healers and one of the most heart-centered people I know. She is a registered dietitian who specializes in helping women manage PCOS and lose weight through nutrition coaching with an emphasis on integrative and functional approaches. She is a Reiki master, and one of her many educational accomplishments is completing Dr. Andrew Weil's certification program at the University of Arizona Center for Integrative Medicine. Hey, Eleni, it's so great to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. For sure. So, I thought we'd start with your sharing with the audience the story of how you came to be uh, an an RD and uh, to work in the healing professions. It's always so fascinating for me to start there because healers usually have a very wonderful story to tell. So share with the audience a little bit about you. Yeah, I think what's kind of fun is um, my mom had told me when I was five, I used to ask her to work with her in the apothecary. So she would work just on Saturdays because she had an interest in holistic medicine and herbs. And it's funny, I can still remember that smell. And it was something being young about the smell and being around the herbs. It was just felt like home and I was so curious. And so I think that's why I constantly asked her if I could go. And so I would just hang out with her and learn and ask her a lot of questions um, and also grew up in a pretty traditional Italian family. My dad came over. So my grandma, um, you know, still her house and her yard and her community, it was like being in Italy. So everything was homegrown. Everything was made from scratch. And so I would spend time with her as well and cook. And I was like the only grandchild that was interested in learning about the properties of the food or why she cooked the way she did. So I just loved immersing myself and it just made sense. And so even into high school, I knew, okay, I can go into education for nutrition. 
in food. And so I found my way to a college that allowed me to study abroad in Italy and integrate a more holistic approach by connecting with organic gardening and sustainability. So I specifically sought out that program and, and then got more into the integrative medicine by being even more intrigued by the science of it all. So just really a fascinating approach, I think, to dietetics. So that was exciting for me to have that experience. And then my own health journey as well, um, that led me to be even more passionate about what I do specifically today. Wow. So um, I'm Italian, as you know, also. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm always um, grateful uh, to have been exposed to a culinary tradition that includes a lot of home cooking and that really looks at food um, as a uh, very important uh, part of health. And, you know, there's that famous Mediterranean diet, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, when you were in Italy, what part of Italy were you in? I don't know that I've ever asked you that. I was a few hours south of Rome. So well, we did travel around, um, but then we settled into a pretty small city and we took courses on the Mediterranean diet, but then we would actually go stay with mountain people and learn how they harvested and their seasonal harvests. Um, and we would learn about specific farming techniques. And then we would sit for six course dinners and talk about the aesthetics of food and how food is viewed as an art in other cultures. And so if anything, it brought us back to just like a simple life and learning how to reappreciate food and then connect at a totally different level, you know, than what we do here in the state. So it was a really beautiful experience. I know that you're passionate about cooking. You're a great cook. I've had some of your food and mm -hmm. you um, have with when, when you work with your clients, you have an unbelievable encyclopedia of recipes, almost like the Britannia encyclopedia Britannia of recipes. Um, and, and I know that you love sharing that with your clients and supporting your clients in that. So uh, about leadership, I know that um, you have, I talked earlier about your story and finding your leadership mojo. Um, I know that you've had kind of a, 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 a from your childhood, you have, uh, you had a very clear vision of where you were going. Uh, in this field, you knew this was your calling and you mentioned you were passionate about it from an early age and you were reinforced and supported by your family in it, it sounds like. So that to me shows leadership. Uh, even at a young age, you had clarity in the direction you were going, being, in my opinion, clear and focused and um, uh successful in achieving these goals we set for ourselves is very much a part of self-leadership. And you have had that even as an early age. But then I know that your story gets a little more complex because you kind of lost your, your mojo and your way when you opened your uh, business and became a solopreneur. Can you share with the audience about that part of your journey? Absolutely. So um, to just back up a little bit in college, I had to do this 
thesis when I was graduating and I had actually created uh, a business plan. Now looking back, that's pretty much what it was. I was going to be this integrative functional medicine dietitian. I was going to have recipes to provide. I was going to have an apothecary with herbs and I was going to have a really full clinic. And I would just sit at my desk and all the clients would show up the minute I put the website up. So I had this clear plan and I was really excited. And so I, that's, I think, where that leadership, it felt so powerful that I came up with this idea on my own. Nobody else in my program was thinking this way. And then you start out and you get a few clients, they drop off, you know, you don't really have a system in place. How do you get clients? How do you sign them on? And I just felt defeated. And I think being in the healing space, you're empathetic and it's a strength, but it's also something you have to learn to set boundaries around or, you know, am I being overreactive? And so I really struggled um, in the beginning, big time and a lot of, a lot of questioning. Um, It was challenging, you know, starting. And the biggest thing is I just didn't know what to do because you're not taught any of that in college. Right. Or even when you get out of college and you have mentors, I often say that um, my ideal client is an expert in their field, a woman who really like you is an expert in their field. You've spent all your life um, gaining knowledge, uh, both from mentors, uh, as well as uh, academically. And um, you're never really um, clear on the fact that when you hang your shingle, and you start your own business, you're really in sales. And that puts you in a position where you have to take a different kind of leadership. Um, And and that is, like you said, especially for healers, um, a difficult step to take. And sometimes we end up, and I know that you have, if you'll share the story, because I know I've heard the story from other healers before, and I myself have experienced this as a coach. Sometimes we have an experience where we sign up for a program that's supposed to teach us those skill sets. And instead it throws us into uh, chaos and self-doubt. So I know when you share this part of your story, there's gonna be a lot of people in the audience going, "Uh uh-huh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm happy uh, to talk about this because you know I've spent so much money growing my business and a lot of it has, yes, I'm so glad I spent the money. You have to invest in yourself and invest in your business, but it's this shiny object syndrome. And I think if you're in the healing space, your clients fall for it because it's the diet pill. It's this quick, fast program that's going to get you feeling better really soon. And we can fall for the same sort of trap. So it's make 10K in 30 days. You'll make six figures the first year in business. I know you and I have talked about this. Where do these numbers come from? Who says you have to even make six figures to be happy? So really you need to get clear on what's your purpose? What's your big why? And does this program really align or is it taking away your authentic voice? And I think for me, it was being handed, yes, I yes, you want outlines, but being handed scripts and how to talk to people and how to be peppy. And I was even told my voice isn't peppy enough. And, you know, it's no, you know, you have to be who you really are. And so I strayed from, I think, my big why and who I am. And these are the personality traits or qualities that people want in a healer. But I was almost being, I think, asked to like take them away to some degree and maybe not directly, but that's, you know, if you have to follow someone else's approach, that's what happened. So basically it didn't feel authentic. I wasn't confident in what I was doing. I think just starting out, I was structuring it the wrong way. And yeah, it left me feeling 
really frustrated. And um, I actually sought out Stefania, you know, sought out you. And I'm really grateful for our relationship because you meet everybody as an individual. Um, and I've learned a lot with that too. So yes, I think that summarizes the question. Hopefully it helps people out there too. Yeah, it helps us to find that our story is not unique. Mm -hmm. There's so much just, uh, and you, you and I have shared this part of the conversation. Sometimes especially when we look at other people in social media that we know or in our field, our colleagues, people that are in our community, this, you know, kind of compulsion to a very human trait, very human compulsion to compare ourselves to others. Uh, that gets magnified when we go into these training programs and we join communities and we feel like in the Facebook group, you know, the private Facebook group, everybody's sharing their wins, um, the money they're making. And um, it's not that way for all of us. Um, some of us need to, like you said, find our own voice and our own path. And I think that's especially true of anybody in the healing professions, whether you're a registered dietitian and an integrative um, healer, um, an acupuncturist, a therapist, or a coach, especially in our professions. Uh, the cookie cutter approach and the, you know, you can be a million dollar producer. Like you said, what if you don't want to be, I'm clear on who my clients are. You are too. You know, I'm, 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 um, it takes a while to get to that point for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with the social media, just like people tend to come, maybe they compare their looks on social media, right? Once you start a business, you start comparing, are they more successful? Do they have more clients? What are their systems? And something that I've learned is the minute I go on social media, I love being inspired and supporting colleagues. Um, but if you start to notice you're feeling that way and you're getting anxious, I kind of try to go into this observer mode of like, okay, observe your emotion. You actually don't know their story. You don't know how experience they, they have. Um, you don't know what's actually going on. You know nothing. Like you think you know everything, but you actually know nothing. And then I get off. So it's almost like the minute I start going there, I force myself to go off because you have to catch yourself before you go down that rabbit hole and, and assume that you're an expert on everybody else's life. That is so powerful. You know, you should probably be doing this transformational tidbit <laughs> segment instead of me, but I will quote you on that. Yeah, I've watched a lot, a lot of uh, documentaries on social media lately. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, this is very important conversation uh, to have, especially now with COVID. Right in 2020, we're all sitting at home in front of our screens all the time yeah. and spending more time on social media, both hopefully talking about our businesses in a productive way that brings value to the people that are reading our posts, which I know you do because your, your um, YouTube and, and, and uh, social media posts are just so, so just riddled and full of value. Uh, so there can be value there. And then there can also be um, a lot of insecurity. Uh, so I love the fact, and I want to make sure the audience got this, that you go into self-observant mode. You start looking at what projections you're making. What are you reading into it that may not be the reality on the ground right away in that post? And, and especially you tune into your body, right? And how you're reacting to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
because it's so easy to be reactive when you own your own business. You know, I think you become, you face these like inner demons sooner than you ever will, I think in your life. So you have to always be aware. Yeah. I'm not perfect as you know, but you know, we get, <laughs> we can are. improve. Yeah. Every day. And I know you improve every day. I improve every day. We all do, you know, by the fact that we get up and have some self-awareness and self-direction. That's another um, interesting conversation, right? We get into our own business and we think it's going to be about practicing our skill. No, it's, yes, but no. It's going to be really a whole masterclass in self-growth and constantly Mm -hmm. pushing up against your limiting self-beliefs. Yeah. 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 That's what it's really bad. And, but our clients need that, right? So th- we need to lead ourselves without limits. Uh, that's how we better serve our clients. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with the healers that I still go to. And it's, you know, all these experiences make you a better profession, professional, right? Or you can serve more. And I think, this fast track to success, the more I sit down and acknowledge it, well, I don't really want that because you become wise through this process and you become more mature and more resilient. So to me, if I get successful in three months and then I feel like I've hit my limit, well, I didn't go through any of that maturing process. That's the way I look at it, you know, and everybody has their own way, but Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. As a matter of fact, interestingly enough, I've had a few clients in my business coaching practice that uh, were more consultants, they weren't coaches. And because they were experts in their field with large corporations, when they hung their own shingle as a consultant, they immediately got these huge uh, clients, right? They had never been an entrepreneur. So they had no idea um, how to identify their ideal client. There were just people coming to them and they were just signing everybody out. They were designing their programs and their offerings while they were building the business. And within six months, um, one particular client I'm thinking of, of building the plane as she was flying it. She was just had all these clients she didn't want to work with, was making great money, more money than she ever thought she could, but she really was not building the business she wanted. She was not uh, building her dream business. Uh, She was just doing business with people that were coming at her because she had an incredible Rolodex, incredible influence and contacts in the industry. And she could open so many doors uh, for people in her industry that everybody wanted her. Um, and, and she did get it together and, and, and really, really uh, very fast readjusted. So sometimes you're right, that seven figures in the first year does not give you an opportunity to really slow it down and grow with your business through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent point on leadership. Leadership is about knowing when to slow it down. Mm-hmm. Taking yeah. the initiative to slow it down for yourself and for your clients also, right? Because mm-hmm. once you learn the benefits of slowing it down, you pass those on to your client. Well, this was an incredible conversation. I knew it was going to be. Thank you for taking the time to be here today. Oh, thank you. I always love love speaking with you. And me, you, Eleni. 
So let's, uh, when at the, uh, towards the end of a conversation, I always like to ask my guest a question. So if you were to share with our listener one key takeaway, maybe it includes an action step that they can implement right away. Um, what would that be out of today's conversation? I like to use the word show up because some days are going to feel a lot harder and you're going to hit your and have success, but things are hard too. So if you just show up every single day, I think it takes off the pressure to be perfect and to have everything where you want it to be right now, but it means you're still putting in the work. So for example, showing up one day could be just having a really good morning routine and reading something that inspires you and grounds you. And for the day that's showing up, you know, if that's all you can do. Um, other days showing up could be writing your list out and just committing to tackling the top one or two items and then shutting it down for the day. So showing up for me personally helps to be productive and make sure I'm moving in the right direction, but to not burn out and to still have balance in life because it can be really easy to let the business consume every piece of you, but you're still a person and you still have to take care of yourself. So uh, that really resonates with me. Awesome. So Eleni, I know there are many in the audience that are going to want to, uh, going to want to connect with you and um, find out more about you. Uh, how can they look you up? How can they find you? The best way is to go to the website. So that is the healing roots with a T roots.com. Uh, if you just type in my name, that'll pop up on Google quick too, which I'm sure will be in the show notes. It's long. Um, and then if you just go to the resource tab and click support and links under there, it's going to have the YouTube, the Instagram, it has all my contact information. Um, so there's a lot of helpful information on there as well. And I'd love to connect um, with other healers. So Absolutely. Thank you, Eleni. Thanks again for taking your time for be, to be here with me. Yes, thank you so much. Hi, everyone. This is Stefania Riga, the host of the Lead Without Limits podcast, and this is the Transformational Tidbit segment. Today's topic is a hot one. I'd like to talk about how comparing ourselves to others can be self-destructive behavior. Specifically, how it brings on thoughts and feelings of limitation and lack and moves us away from the energy of abundance. Haven't we all experienced looking at other social media feed or heard them share their successes and felt terrible about ourselves, our business and life? Hey, I certainly have. Everything was fine humming along, and then there I go, crawling down that dark rabbit hole. I'm a business coach. My clients are women founders and CEO who are up-leveling their leadership skills and growing their business. They are successful and wonderfully evolved individuals. And yet in my coaching sessions, I've heard my clients share the same story. It doesn't matter. They're super successful. There's always a part of us that is tuning into what others have and we don't. It's just kind of how the brain is wired, but that's for another podcast. Totally no shaming here, please. We all get into these behaviors. So let's try and look at how 
to change our mindset around all this. Because we're inflicting pain on ourselves when we compare ourselves to others. We start conversations in our own head and quickly get into feeling negative. We lean into a mindset and experience of lack and at times even sadly, self-destructive behavior. This is truly sad to me, let's stop. Let me bring some metaphysics into this conversation and define what I mean by abundance. Abundance to me is an energy that can be attracted by anyone. It is limitless. There is no quota in the universe for the energy of abundance. Abundance of love, of health, of wealth, of compassion, of anything and everything is available to all of us at all times. All we have to do is develop practices that are mindful, heartfelt, to attract it into our thoughts, into our heart, and to manifest it into our actions. Hey, y'all, I'm sure we can all agree we want more of that, right? More abundance. Well, when we compare ourselves to others, as I mentioned, it takes us into self-critical thoughts and feelings. And what happens metaphysically, it actually drains us and weakens our connection with our very soul and heart. You disconnect from your truth, from your unique gifts. You tune out of abundance and you invite in the opposite. You invite in a mindset and a heart and a soul that attracts lack and limitation. What you're saying to yourself and the universe is, there's not enough for everyone. So do you want more abundance? Do you believe that you're as worthy as anybody else? Do you believe it is available to you as it is to them? This is where the real work and self-growth is found. I invite you to take a minute right now, as soon as this podcast is over and you're through listening and sit down and reflect, set a timer, three minutes max, just a brain dump on how you can be more present. And when you start comparing yourself to others while you're scrolling on Insta, or while you're listening to somebody share their story, when you start going to the negative self-talk, write down what you can say to yourself instead to stop those thoughts soon as you feel them coming up and instead connect to your heart and your own unique gifts. So perhaps you would write a list of your gifts of what you've accomplished and how when you start going down that rabbit hole as you're scrolling down Instagram, soon as you see it and you feel it and you hear it in your head, you can say, stop now, kindly, with compassion to yourself. So write down some actions, write down some phrases you can say to yourself and reflect on how you can celebrate your journey and honor where you are not where you are now in that journey, while also honoring and celebrating the journey of others and their successes. 
I hope you enjoyed and found value in this transformational tidbit. I'd love to continue the conversation. If you'd like to reach me, you can go to my website at www.stefaniarigo.com or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn as Stefania Rigo Coach. Be your own fabulous self and attract all the abundance in the universe. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.